Hey everyone, welcome to the B1 Church Podcast. This is Pastor Mike Signorelli, and this is episode three of No Turning Back. It is entitled, Worship Always Wins. You need a word from God, and we are going there today. This is gonna be deep, this is gonna be rich, this is gonna help your soul. So welcome to Soul Care. Make sure you stick around all the way to the end. I've got a special message on the other side. Um, Let's do this. Let's turn to our Bibles to Joshua chapter six. I'm giving you like some lead in right now. So Joshua chapter six. And if you download the V1 church app, you can follow along there where we have the Bible. Anyone have the V1 church app with them today? All right. All right. All right. So you can go to Joshua chapter six and find that. And uh, man, we're just going to have a good time today for the next 20, 30 minutes. Cool. Cool. Let me ask you guys a question. Have you ever had an argument in your mind? You know what I'm talking about? Like, am I the only one who's had like a fantasy argument with someone and it gets so heated that you're actually ticked off at them when you see them in real life? Am I only that, the only person? Like you walk by and you're just like, hey, what's up? Like, what did I do? And like, man, when I was arguing with you in the shower in my mind, you said some crazy stuff. Am I the only one? You know, it's funny because we have the relationship and then we have the relationship in our mind, right? We have like what it is and then what we think it is. And there's a lot of times, if you're anything like me, where you have this sort of like living in your head type of scenario. Am I the only one who lives in fantasy land? I'm telling you, I got like a whole world. That's partly why I can be alone and be okay. Have you, oh, this is taking it a little too far probably. But am I the only one who makes themselves laugh? Okay. Well, they're like, he went full psychopath. It was that Sunday. There would be times where I'll just say something in my head, and I was like, that's really funny. (laughs) And then I start laughing, and Julie's like, what are you laughing about? Like, oh, never mind, never mind. It was about you, girl, but never mind. (laughs) Joshua chapter 6. I'm going to read this uh, to you. You know, but before I do, no one wins when the battle remains in our head. So when you keep fighting battles and you're fighting them in your mind and it's a fantasy, no one wins as long as the battle remains in your head. As a matter of fact, if you're taking notes, the title of this message is Worship Always Wins. So you can write that down. Worship Always Wins. Joshua chapter 6 in the message. Jericho was shut up tight as a drum because of the people of Israel. No one was going in and no one was coming out. Oh man, nobody shouted me down. Okay, can I teach you all how to read the Bible? Now, here's the thing. If you can start reading the Bible through the lens of revelation, you could be sitting in a Starbucks and read just what I read right there, and you can preach to yourself, and you'll start shouting, and people think it's because you got the Christmas blend in your cup. So let me tell you what I see. Can, can Can you see what I see? Jericho was shut up tight as a drum because of the people of Israel. No one going in and no one coming out. Have you ever felt locked outside of the promise? Have you ever been so close you can touch it? You can taste it. You can feel it, but you can't obtain it. Single people. Have you ever been in the same room as them? (sighs) They're here. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, have you ever been so close or you interviewed three rounds and you're about to get that job and actually have health benefits so we don't have to put your prayer requests on the screen anymore and you don't make it to the last round? 
because you weren't related to the boss. You know how New York is. Have you ever felt locked out of your promise? See, the children of Israel, they had never been here before. They were wandering around in the wilderness confused. And then they finally go through the Jordan River. Anyone listen to part one and part two of No Turning Back? So, so can I just like kind of fast forward through that? And they, they're standing in front of the, the promise. They're standing in front of Jericho. Let me keep reading. God spoke to Joshua. Look sharp now. I've already given Jericho to you. Oh, man. Nobody, huh? Can I, can, I want, I got to teach. Listen, you're never going to read the Bible on Monday if you can't get a revelation on Sunday. Preach with me today, okay? Can I tell you what I see when I read it? God spoke to Joshua. Okay, let me, let me do this. God spoke to Mike. God spoke to Drew. God spoke to Chris. Plug your name in there. Somebody say, God spoke to me. This is how we read the Bible. Look sharp now. Let me ask you a question. Was Joshua blind? So if he's saying, look sharp now to somebody who's not blind, he must be saying, your eyes are open, but you're not seeing it. Let me ask you this. What are you not seeing in your life right now? I've already given Jericho to you. Wait a second. I've already given it to you. That's like almost like in Dumb and Dumber when they have suitcases full of IOUs. <laughs> it's like, wait a second. I've already given Jericho to you, but we're standing here. We had just circumcised ourselves. This church talks about circumcision a lot. Go ahead and pull up the slides so we can get a reference. But... <laughs> Whoever shouted amen, get the security team watching them. <laughs> but they had just circumcised themselves, the men of war. They watched the previous generation who came from the wilderness die. And now they have never been here before. And Joshua, their leader, is being in a conversation with God, being told, look sharp now, I've already given Jericho to you. Because this is how God speaks. Even with the walls of impossibility still up, he is saying to you, I've already given it to you. I'll put it like this. He will give you a million dollar dream when you have zero dollars in your bank account. Come on, somebody. You will go through all of life being hurt by relationships and he'll still prepare your heart for a mate. And the single people said, amen. And V1 College will prepare them to be ready for you. Because you know culture ain't. But while the walls of impossibility are still erected around the promise, the very thing that God is speaking to your life, he will tell you, I already gave it to you. Let me put it like this. You will literally be taking the medication for the incurable disease when God says, I'm going to heal you because I've already paid the price for that healing. It's already yours. See how I could read scripture and start screaming in a Starbucks? Even with the walls up, I've already given it to you. Even when it looks like it's impossible, I've already. I heard one of my preacher friends say it like this. Have you ever gone to Ikea and bought something that didn't fit in your car? Okay, I'm the only Ikea person. This is Long Island. I forgot I'm not in Queens. We shop at Ikea in Queens, okay? I know you guys are above that. But what happens is when you shop at Ikea and something won't fit in your car, they give you a receipt. And then they deliver it to your home. That's what faith is. 
Faith is saying it doesn't fit in your situation, but it's still already been paid for and I'm still going to get it to you. See, Jesus paid for your health. He paid for you. Come on. He paid to forgive everything you've been through. Your future is fixed. The fight is fixed. You got the receipt. The receipt is the evidence of things hoped for. It's the substance of things not seen. I may not have the couch that I bought. I may not have the bed, but I got the receipt that says I own it and it's going to show up. It's already on its way. It's already fixed. And that's what he was saying to Joshua. He's saying, I've already given you Jericho. Can I keep reading the Bible? You didn't think the Bible could be this good. Somebody's saying, come over and read it to me next time. (laughs) Here's what you are to do. This is the command that God gave him. March around the city, all your soldiers. Circle the city once. Repeat this for six days. Somebody say repeat. Your destiny is in what you repeatedly do. Some of you do the right thing too few times and the walls of Jericho are still up in your life. Somebody say repeat. Repeat. You got to speak faith. I'm going to do it again and again and again. I'm going to, man, I remember when I was in Queens, I would do prayer walks and I would repeat every single day. I'm walking through this neighborhood. There will be a life-giving church in this neighborhood. And all of a sudden the walls came down, the movie theater doors open and God said, let there be church. And 140 people and less than a year later, God is doing something in Queens. It's amazing. So he gives a command. Here's what you are to do. March around the city. All your your soldiers circle once. Repeat this for six days. Uh, Have seven priests carry ram's horn trumpets in front of the chest. Now, some Pentecostals just got excited. Do not bring your shofar next week. Okay, please don't bring your shofar next week. But it says on the seventh day, march around the city seven times, the priest blowing away on the trumpets and then a long blast on the ram's horn. When you hear that, all the people are to shout at the top of their lungs. The city wall will somebody say will it will collapse at at once. This is the language of God. Are you ready? If you're taking notes, certainty is the language of God. Certainty is the language of God. I have already given it to you. You will see it with your eyes. Certainty is the language of God. And so when you get around me, you know what you're going to hear? Certainty. I'm not going to tell you what I'm thinking about doing. I'm going to tell you what we's about to do. I feel like getting ghetto. It's my fake chain. It's my fake chain talking. (laughs) Skip down to verse 10. We're still reading the Bible. We're still reading the Bible. Joshua had given orders to the people. Watch this. Because, see, you've all heard Jericho. All the Pentecostals, yeah, yeah, I guess we're going we're gonna to get a little crazy today. He's talking about Jericho. Here's the thing. This is what everyone misses. We talk about the shouting, but we miss the command of silence. Joshua had given orders to the people, don't shout. In fact, don't even speak. Not so much as a whisper until you hear me say, shout. Then shout away. Verse 15, I'm I'm continuing to move down. When the seventh day came, they got up early. So this is how they're acting out. So they got a word and then they got a song and then they got to move into the action of fulfilling what God commanded them to do. When the seventh day came, they got up early and marched around the city the same way, but seven times. Yes, this day they circled the city seven times. On the seventh time around, the priests blew the trumpets and Joshua signaled the people, shout! And then watch this. He repeated. He did what God told him in private. Whoo. 
God has given you the city. You know where he got that phrase? From his time alone with God. When no one else was around. God already said, I've given it to you. And then when the time was right, he shouted and he said, God has given you this city. Israel had only fought the war inside of their own minds before coming to Jericho. Let me just break this down for you. So first they're in slavery. Moses gets them out of slavery. Then they're in the wilderness. And the wilderness is a place where you're confused about your identity. You simply forget who you are. Many of you have forgotten who you are in seasons of your life. Have you ever done something so out of character that it shocks you? Have you ever been in the middle of a sin and you're thinking, I didn't think I was capable of this? You know what I'm talking about? Can I get real? And see, Israel was in this place in the wilderness where they stopped circumcising the men and they stopped celebrating Passover. But for those of you who are like, why are you on this circumcision thing? And anyone listen to episode one and two, you know what I'm talking about. Circumcision was a covenant. See, a covenant was different than just this fair weather relationship thing we have. We're shoppers. We're consumers. With everything. I don't like this church. I'll go find another one. Don't like this wife. Go find another one. Somebody said amen. Don't like this job. Go find another one. Don't take me out of context. Sound bites galore today. <laughs> but we shop. We shop. Don't like the shirt? Go get another one. Treat myself. So here's the thing. But here's what I'm talking about. Covenant. Watch this. When you, circumcised, when you were circumcised as a sign of covenant with God, that skin ain't ever growing back. It was a permanent decision that, had a, that served as a constant reminder. We don't understand that. But I know I've got some covenant people around me today. I've got some lifers around me today. You know when our church really started growing, when I started telling people, listen, I'm not going anywhere. Either you're doing my funeral here in New York or I'm doing yours. I ain't going back. There is no turning back. And then a whole bunch of New Yorkers are like, I guess he's all right. <laughs> but the, the command to walk around the wall six times, watch this. It wasn't for Jericho. It was for Israel. That's the revelation I want you to see. So here's what they're doing. They're confused about who they are and their identity. And then they move through the confusion and they finally get to a certain point. And then the Bible says all of that generation dies off. Have you ever gotten to a point that your relatives and your father and your grandfather and your mother and your grandmother has ever not, never gotten before? Have you ever gotten to a place in business where you say, oh man, officially no one in my line is an entrepreneur. I don't know how to do this. I wasn't born with it. Have you ever gotten a place with your family? You say, wow, that's crazy. I just been married longer than my parents were ever married. Have you ever gotten to a place where you just have three more memories with your kids than you have with your dad and you? Did somebody know what I'm talking about? You can get to a point where you have officially gotten farther than they've ever gotten. And that is something you celebrate, but it's also something that weighs you down because it's a burden. It's the burden of the first. See, it preaches real good when I say, I got some breakers in this house. Right? I'm a breaker. There's the first generation breaker, but you know what you get? The burden of being first. Yeah, that's right. And see, Israel has all these men who have fantasized about they're, they're going to go to war and they're going to slaughter people for the Lord. That I wish I was an Old Testament believer. And I'm going to, you know, these guys were like Braveheart status. These guys were like amped up. I did a thousand push-ups in the, in the wilderness waiting for my time to come up to Jericho. I'm going to take these dudes out. And then Joshua says, hey, Go remove skin from the most uh, personal, sacred, sensitive part of your body. That's what the Lord says. What? 
This is how we fight our battles. That's what they were singing while everyone was getting circumcised. It may look like, okay. This is really what's happening. And you know why you're laughing is because it's absurd. You're laughing because it's absurd. But can I tell you, the way that God wants you to fight your battles doesn't look anything like how you want to fight them either. And so six times they were commanded to walk around the walls of Jericho in silence. Somebody say silence. That sounded evil. Don't do that again. (laughs) And all of a sudden, as the children of Israel were walking around the walls of Jericho in silence each day, what was happening was they were doing an assessment. See, sometimes we're not quiet enough to get to the point where we can truly assess our situation. Sometimes, I'll put it like this, sometimes we have to go to counseling long enough to get the diagnosis that's worse than we want to admit it is. Sometimes we have to sit in the hospital and and we're sitting with the gown on and the doctor comes back with a diagnosis far worse than we would like to admit. In silence, walking past the walls of Jericho every single day. And that silence wasn't for Jericho. That silence was for them. And what they were being demanded of by God, watch this. This is the revelation. I want you to be quiet enough and intentional enough that every single time you walk around those walls, you are acutely aware of how impossible it is going to be for you to do it in your own strength. Here's how we fight our battles. If I yell at Julie loud enough, and I articulate it well enough, she will change and our marriage will get better. That's how we fight our battles. That works, right, guys? Here's another way that we fight our battles. Man, I'm starting to feel stressed. I need some comfort food. I know you guys don't know about those greens and those mashed potatoes. I know Thanksgiving is on the way. Lord, if I can only make it to Thanksgiving. I will get enough dopamine and tryptophan to make me feel good and put me to sleep. I just need some comfort food. You know what I'm saying? On my hardest days, I was like, Lord, I don't know if I can muster up the courage to worship, but I know I'm going in that McDonald's line right now. And some of us are saying, I won't go to the prayer line, but that drive through count me in. And all of a sudden, here's another way. We just say retail therapy, retail therapy. I remember one time we moved and I was unloading our closet and I had all these clothes of Julie still had the tags on them. I'm like, Jules, why are they tags? She was like, because we had a hard day that day. (laughs) And we're saying, I don't know if I can afford counseling, but I know I can afford a new shirt. And I'm walking around the walls of Jericho. And every single time I walk around in silence, I'm saying, if I try to fight this battle the way that I've been fighting battles, it's never going to work. My bank account's not big enough. My relationship, my circles aren't big enough. I can't politic or strategize my way through this. My education doesn't go that far. There is simply nothing in my current resources that are going to bring these walls of impossibility down. And God will have you go through a season of silence to assess how impossible it really is because when it happens he's going to be the only person who gets credit for it he's going to be the only one that gets credit for it see what happens is God is shifting the hearts of the people of Israel and he's teaching them this one important lesson you know what he's teaching them you guys may have 10,000 in your army but you're only going to win it because of the plus one 
10,000 without God is zero. 10,000 with God, it's the plus one that's going to win it. And he was teaching them, it's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit. And the biggest, brawniest, muscle-bound men of Israel recently circumcised in all of their vulnerability are creeping around the walls of Jericho in silence saying, God, I cannot do this without you. And God was putting them in a position where the only person who was going to get glory was him. And when you find yourself in situations like that, where the doctors say, I'm sorry, but it's Possible where the finances simply don't add up when it seems like it's beyond hope. I'm not talking about it's barely breathing and you can see the needle bouncing on the heart monitor. I'm talking about it's been dead for three days kind of situation. I'm talking about it's been dead long enough to rot and stink inside of the cave. I'm talking about the God of impossibilities and it makes for a really good worship song until you're going through the impossibility. It makes for a really good church service until you got to walk out of this room and go back to a husband who's still verbally and emotionally abusing you. It makes for a really good sermon until you go back home to your secret stash of heroin and you're fiending again for that moment. It makes for a really good conversation to have as I'm slowly walking this space, but then you're triggered again to swipe the credit card because you need that comfort again. But see, what'll happen is you'll graduate and you'll graduate from just the sin of the wilderness to the battle of salvation. Because what'll happen is you'll find yourself in these places and I know I'm not the only one. When I got delivered of alcoholism, yes, if you're a visitor, I used to be addicted to alcohol and yes, I am the lead pastor. And if God can do it for me, I know I got some others in this room he can do it for. But it didn't feel like a testimony when the pressures of life begin to mount up again and I wanted to go back. And I'll, I'll never forget, sometimes you can graduate. You can graduate. See, salvation happens in an instant, but freedom is a journey. See, the old school calls it sanctification. And God's been taking some of you through a journey of sanctification. You know how I know? Because you start to go and engage in the ritual of sin. See, people will make fun of you for inviting them into the ritual of church attendance, but sin has a ritual too. You know what I'm talking about, the habits you hate. They have a ritual. You get invited. Come, come, let's go. Let's retreat into this space where I can give you pleasure, where I can have you forget the cares of this world. Come, and you get an invitation into the ritual of sin, but see, here's how you know that you're saved and you're starting to get sanctified. All of a sudden... I don't know about you, but I've been in the club before and you just pause and it almost feels like the music and everything stops and it almost feels like they turn the lights on in the club because you stand back and you become an observer, not a participant. And you look at everyone laughing and having so much fun and you say, this voice inside of you, the voice of the Lord, the Holy Spirit partners with your voice and you hear this small voice inside of you say, that doesn't bring me pleasure anymore. There's gotta be more. Have you ever gotten to the place in life where you become an observer and not just a participant? Have you ever started to engage in the habit you hate and you're right in the middle of that ritual of sin and something inside of you says, I can no longer find pleasure here. I can no longer remain in this place. It's a difficult thing because you may not feel like a super Christian, but you're saying, thank God I'm not where I used to be. I'm not where I'm supposed to be. But God, there's something you're doing here in this place. And that's where Israel was at in Joshua chapter six and seven. It was like they had never gotten there before. 
and they weren't facing the battles of stupidity or the battles of sin see i fought a lot of battles but it was the battles of sin the battles of stupidity but see this now was the battle of salvation jesus himself said nobody builds a house without first calculating the cost there's always going to be a cost but God is looking for a people that will say, no matter what the cost, I don't care anymore. I just believe if I got to ride my bike seven miles in the rain, I don't care what the cost is anymore. You got kids who won't go to school, but they'll come to V1 church on a Sunday. You got people who are locked up in fear, but they're saying whatever it costs, I'm going to move into this next direction. And that was what was happening with the people of Israel as they were literally starting to walk around the walls of Jericho in silence in silence silence is a time of meditation silence is a time of observation where you take a step back and say I don't think I should be with that person anymore they don't fit my future I know this sounds crazy I don't know who this is for it's a word of knowledge right now the person that you're dating fits your past but they don't fit your future I don't know who that's for. Maybe you're watching online. Send me a DM and let me know I'm not crazy. But the person you're dating fits your past. They don't fit your future. There's a purity movement that's getting ready to rise up in this church because people are going to say, I'm not, I'm not going there anymore. I, I may not be in Canaan, but I'm certainly not in the wilderness anymore. See, there comes a time where you're like, listen, I may not be a lead pastor no more, or I may not be a lead pastor yet, but I'm not a drunk anymore. There are some times where you'll just say, hey, I don't know all of who I am, but I know more than I knew yesterday. I don't know who that's for. Maybe this is the first time you've ever stayed married instead of running away. Maybe this is the first time you've ever stayed on the job instead of quitting. Maybe this is the first time you've ever stayed in your rightful position long enough to observe, to assess, to contemplate. Now you're staring down the first real battle and it's not the battle of sin, it's the battle of salvation. It's the battle for legacy. I'm releasing that word over our church, legacy. You know, there's multiple generations represented in this church. We've had this phenomenon where sometimes young people start coming to our church and bring their parents, or sometimes parents start coming and bring their children, and that word legacy is being restored because, see, what happens is the devil steals. The Bible says that Satan literally is a thief, and as Satan steals, he steals legacy. He steals territory. And let me go back to this ram horn because there's something in this. This is a fight for territory. This is a battle for ministry. There is ministry ministry locked up in somebody in this church and this is a battle for ministry you have ministry gifts inside of you before you were even formed in your mother mother's womb he knew you that's why you could never be mediocre it's why you could never give up and say i'll just be average there's something inside of you that's been kicking and screaming let me out release me into the world there's dreams that you know you shouldn't have there's visions that violate everything about where you come from but they scream inside of you release me and that's what the children of israel were saying they were saying we never got this far, but we didn't get this far just to get this far. But you can't fight that battle like you fought the last ones. Let me tell you, can I just quickly wrap it up like this? Three things that Jericho teaches you, if you're taking notes. Three things that Jericho teaches you. It's so good. 
Number one, your enemy shouldn't be the focus. The focus is, Lord, change me. Jericho, see, they marched around the walls in silence because the focus was not supposed to be the enemies of Jericho. It was the people of Israel that God was working on. Focus on yourself. What would the American church be if we stopped saying, hey, how can God fix Joel Olstein?" And we started saying, how can God fix me? I'm trying to kill a spirit that has robbed some of you of your next level. What if you stopped blaming your way around the mountain and started worshiping around the mountain? It's just changing the direction of your words and say, I'm not going to send my words this way. I'm sending my words up because when the words go up, the blessings come down. You want spiritual rain? Let the evaporation of your mouth go to heaven and bring a blessing down for you. Number one, the enemy shouldn't be the focus. The focus is the enemy of me. God changed me. When I stopped praying that God would change my wife, Lord, but still, you can do it, God. (laughs) I started saying, God changed me. And then no matter how broken I was, Julie started saying, God, y'all, you know his stuff. You see it. God was like, yeah, I see it. He's doing it right now. No, I'm just kidding. But, But Julie started praying, God changed me. And then that changed everything. Number two, I love this. When you fight a battle, you need a word and you need a song. See, they thought I need a sword and I need a shield. You think that I need a bigger bank account and I need friends in high places. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible says. It says you need a word and you need a song. First, the word was released to Joshua. And after the word was released to Joshua, in the beginning, he said, I already, I already told you, I gave it to you, you have your word. And then when the walls come down, after, before they come down, shout and release a song. And as you release a song, freedom's going to happen. You just need, that's the warfare. This is how we fight our battles. Worship always wins. In every situation, worship wins. You need a word and you need a song. And that's number three. Worship always wins. Now listen, my wife has been going through a physical battle in her health for over a year. We've talked about it at length because it's been one of the most perplexing things we've ever gone through. But you know, there came a point where in her frustration, she was saying, God, I don't think I can do it anymore. She's crying. She came to me, Mike, I don't know what, I, 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 this isn't me. She ran 27 miles the week before she got sick over a year ago. She's a long distance runner. It's disgusting. I, it's borderline demonic. And so she went from distance running every week to like doubled over in pain. And she's now crying, saying, I don't know what else to do. I can't do it. And when she was in that moment, Allison Bushing from our church, who didn't necessarily know where Julie was at, sent her a word and said, I see a wall of fire around your health. And that lifted Julie's spirits. And Julie said, okay, I got my word. Now I know the formula. I got my word. Now I just need a song. And then Julie got that word, Psalm 27, 13. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I remain. What does that mean? I remain means I'm parking the car, getting out of the car, and living in this house now. I remain in this word. I'm not deviating from what God said. I'm not letting the news change my opinion. I'm not letting my family change my opinion. I remain confident. I live here now. I get mail at this address. God said this word and I live at this thing. I live on it. I live with it. I live for it. I've got a word. But then you got to have a song. And she got her song. We raise a hallelujah. Right? 
And we did that song so many times that my five-year-old goes around like this. We raise a hallelujah. Sorry about that. And we got a song, so we started singing. Well, all of a sudden, this is how we fight our battles. Now, we went to the specialist in Manhattan. We did all the things they said to do. Nothing was working. Everyone's perplexed. And then all of a sudden, I get this invitation to go to St. Louis because there's a revival happening at Faith Church. And I had already felt like God told me, don't travel for the next several months. And I was being obedient. What I didn't know is that he was keeping my schedule clear because he had some better plans. And we got to St. Louis, we met these pastors, they have almost 20,000 people in regular weekly attendance, they're sowing into Julie and I's life, they're giving us next steps, they're helping us, they're mentoring us, and they say, but what's the real barrier? And Julie goes, it's my health. I don't know what to do. And she said, you need to see my doctor. So all of a sudden we go and now watch how God is. No insurance card needed, no payment needed, the door just opens. See, your metrics are not God's metrics. The way that you move is not the way that God moves. The Bible says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. You're thinking, well, maybe I need health insurance. And said, no, 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 you're not, you need to know God in your situation. Get a word, get a song, and let him bring the walls down. Because we walk in there, and we begin to tell him what's going on with Julie. And this doctor's jaw drops. And after he picks it up off the floor, he goes, you want to know what's crazy? I specialize in all your symptoms. And I am, I'm going to take your blood. We're going to do x-rays. We're going to do all today. But I'm betting my entire practice on the results. And I'm going to begin to treat you today. And then for the next month, and I'm telling you 30 days from now, you're going to be completely healed. And then I'm like, what the what? Then he leaves, he sends Julie out to go do the blood work. And then when the door closes, the doctor leans into me and he said, I said 30 days because I'm a doctor and I don't want to do placebo. But the truth is, after this first treatment, your wife's going to be better in 48 hours. And then he goes, you just watch the results and you tell me, here's my phone number. Favor, favor, favor. And all of a sudden, two days later, Julie wakes up and she's like, I know this is crazy. I know he said 30 days, but I feel amazing right now. I feel so good. And she's continuing that journey of healing. She's continuing that journey of freedom. But see, worship always wins. We were at our wits end. We didn't know how it was going to work out. We didn't know what was going to happen. All we knew is that you get a word from God. You stand on that word. You get a song and you just keep walking around those walls saying, God, when you tell me to shout, I'm going to lift up a shout. Until then, yeah, go ahead, make a plan. I know this looks crazy. I know this looks impossible. But when you tell me to release a shout, I'm going to release it and trust that you do what I cannot do. Now, would you stand to your feet with me? And I know all the Pentecostals are getting excited up in here and the Charismatics. Where do they come from? The Vineyard, Pentecostal Church of God, Assembly of God, Baptist, but undercover Pentecostal because you didn't want to change the sign. (laughs) When I was 17 years old, I got asked to preach at a Baptist church. And we'll save this for because we got two, two episodes left on this series. And then we're going to go into our next series entitled The Holy Spirit. And we're going to preach that through the month of December. But when I was 17 years old, um, I'm just kind of threading your needle so you keep coming back. I was at a Baptist church, a very staunch, hardcore, black and white Baptist church. We know the word. This is what we stand for. And I preached there, 17 years old, and then I prayed for people afterwards. And I lay my hands on this girl. I said, God, just touch her, bless her. And all of a sudden, she just starts speaking in tongues. 
then I pray for the next girl. And I'm like, God, just bless her. She starts speaking in tongues. And the Baptist leaders are like, shut the PA off. Like, what's going on? I'm like, I didn't do it. I I didn't do it. (laughs) It sent the church literally into a frenzy because they it, it, literally it was just an insane thing we're talking about in the month of december who is the holy spirit it's the god you don't know and i believe that god is speaking to you through the holy spirit right now he doesn't need my permission he doesn't need your permission he's doing something right now in your heart would you just close your eyes this is a supernatural experience somebody has already received the word today right And as you receive that word, the other thing that's the only thing that's missing is you have the word. Now you need your song. And what we're going to do right now is if you feel like, man, I've been walking around the walls of impossibility, but I need Jesus. Would you just lift up your hand and say, I'm trying to do without Jesus, but I'm not doing it without him anymore. Come on. So many people. I'm with you. I'm with you. Would you just keep your hands up? If you didn't lift your hand, would you just lift your hand in a sign to surrender right now? See, this is how we fight our battles. It may look like I'm surrounded, but God, I'm surrounded by you. It may look impossible, but all things become possible through you. See, in the, in the world, you would never fight like in this position. You would get beat up pretty bad. This is a position of vulnerability. This is where the children of Israel were. They were vulnerable. But see, the way up is down in the kingdom. It's an opposite kingdom. This is the way we fight our battles. It it defies logic. It's not logical. It's spiritual. And you're trying to do everything logically, and it's time to do things spiritually. And with your hands still lifted up, right now the band is going to begin to build with me, and we're going to create a moment in this space, and a silent season is about to end. You know how impossible it is you know how crazy it is you know how it just doesn't add up in the natural but I believe that we are going to release a shout in this place and walls are going to come down I believe that things are going to shift in your heart things are going to shift in your mind I think that bodies are going to be healed in this moment if you're watching online or you're in the overflow it can happen there too and when I count to three we are going to release a shout and end a silent season and let the walls come down and you are going to have a supernatural experience right here things you've been praying for i'm telling you wombs are going to be open i'm telling you doors of opportunity are going to open when you release a shout when i say three something is going to happen that couldn't happen any other way are you ready v1 church are you ready come on one two three come on lift it up Hey, so this is the conclusion of the message, but I've got one more thing for you. If you would be willing to share this with a friend, if you would be willing to give it five stars and leave a review, God is going to continue to give us more influence so that we can speak into people's lives the messages that they so desperately need. And listen, if you got this far, I just want to ask you one more thing. Would you consider partnering with V1 Church so that we can continue to reach more people? Go to our website, www.v1.church and click give. I'll see you guys next week.